This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's not reckless speculation Thursday, but it's the next best thing because it's Scoop Tuesday. Zolgad, Declan, as always, and Darren Doogie Wilson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and also the Scoop Podcast, which you can find on the Score North platforms. You can, of course, find Doogie with uh, Phil Declan and yours truly on Thursdays for reckless speculation. Or you can just watch now because on Tuesdays, Dukes also joins us. Um, and Dukes off air, you just told me that you have gotten some interesting intelligence regarding Dalvin Cook. Now, just to be clear here, the league year for the Vikings begins in March. They got to get cap compliant then at some point in time. And Dalvin Cook uh, has a 2023 cap number of $14.1 million. If you cut him in March at the start of the league year, $7.898 million in savings, 6.2 in dead cap cash goes on to your cap. Uh, I think we've all been thinking, okay, if Dalvin stays, there's a chance that he might come back with a lower contract figure that he might take a pay cut. But you uh, told me as we were about to start, that might not be the case. Yeah, good afternoon, Judd. Hello, Declan. It was our lengthy pre-show meeting, Judd, of about 20 seconds. I brought up that I had a conversation this morning that leads me to believe that right now as we sit here on February 7th, that Dalvin is not inclined to take a pay cut. So that means, okay, the Vikings either bring him back at that large number, but not an ungodly large number, but I think it's a large number just based on how much Kevin O'Connell plans on passing, right? No Vikings quarterback in history threw the ball as much as Kirk did in 2022. Now, I would imagine at some point they run the ball a bit more, but not so sure that happens during the 2023 season. Although I guess if I had to wager, they won't quite pass the ball as much in 2023 as they did in 2022. But bottom line is, You know, my sense is right now, you know, Dalvin has told some people close to him that, hey, you know, there's no reason for me to take a pay cut. If the Vikings want to, there can be a trade market out there. You know, like a team like Chicago, for example, all sorts of cap space. Now, don't know if you would trade Dalvin in division. In fact, me personally, I would not do that. But David Montgomery, unrestricted free agent. Philadelphia, what happens with Miles Sanders moving forward? I do think the Raiders use some sort of tag on Josh Jacobs. I do think the Giants find a way to re-sign Saquon Barkley. Jacksonville is another team to keep an eye on. Etienne is good, but they might be looking for more of a bell cow, you know, a bigger type running back. You know, so I think Jacksonville could do something running back wise, may not necessarily be Dalvin, but. There would be a market. Now, it depends on what the Vikings will be looking for. If you're looking for the Duke Johnson trade, something like a third rounder, don't know if that's realistic, but could you get a high third day draft pick, a fourth, maybe a fifth? 
just something to think about. Now, this could all shift later this month when everybody gathers in Indianapolis for the Combine, right, as more conversations start to take place, as Dalvin's camp gets a better sense of what the market could potentially look like if the Vikings made a move on him. Maybe at that point, you know, his camp might say, okay, Quasi, let's play your game. You know, it makes sense for Dalvin to be back. Let's look at some sort of restructure, some sort of pay cut. But I'm just telling you, as we sit here on February 7th, I just don't get the sense that Dalvin is very interested in any sort of pay cut. How about Buffalo? Go play with his brother. The Bills lack a run game. I mean, climate-wise, it might not be ideal. But, yeah, I, I don't – the one thing is, Dukes, I don't think that that contract is currently drawn up is palatable. Like, with all the cap room that this team needs to probably – free up with all of the help that they need at different, dare I say, more important, harder to find positions than running back. So I think the one thing that that we can clearly state today that's not going to change is I don't think that a 14 plus million dollar cap hit on that position, especially for a guy who I thought I I was a little disappointed. You know, I thought with the opportunity to play for O'Connell and with the opportunity to be in the passing game more, I guess I expected more of an overall year from Cook. Um, I got to think that they they were a little bit surprised because, you know, go back to the springtime last year, Dukes, and Dalvin, in fact, O'Connell got sort of upset when it leaked out. He was lining up outside, and it looked like he might become this key part of the passing game. I don't know that he was necessarily the complete player that we expected, and I got to think that that's also going to suppress what his ultimate value is, not being a $14 million player. Yeah, I mean, I get it if you look at it and say he's just not a $14 million a year player. He did stay healthy, right? Like, he deserves credit for finally Finally, staying healthy. We just hadn't seen that, right? I mean, whether it was missing a significant chunk of the season or just a game or two or three, he finally, in 2022, stayed healthy. The other part of this equation is Alexander Madison, who the Vikings absolutely like. But guess who also likes him? George Payton, Kelly Klein, some people in Denver. Deshaun Denver could be in the market for a running back. There are teams that will be in the market. Like in the past, I know Jacksonville has checked in trade-wise on Madison. Some Philadelphia whispers. Now that, again, depends on what takes place with Miles Sanders. But, you know, I think there will be a decent market for Madison. The question is, will he have to settle for a one-year deal? Or is there something like two years, $10 million out there? But Alexander Madison is a good player. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious to see, you know, what the Vikings do on Cook. But, like, Madison may be off the board by the time the Cook situation fully plays itself out. Chandler internally, yeah, they drafted him this past year, but his rookie year was lost, right? You know, no fault of his own with, with an injury situation, they still think highly enough of him, but you're not heading into the 2023 season with Chandler as the number one. Wang Wu, now you can argue they didn't use him enough in the passing game, that there's more there, that he's more than a returner, but he's not some sort of guy you're handing the ball off to 10 or 15 times a game. Now, you can always find a running back, whether it's in the fifth round of the draft, seventh round, like Pacheco, Free fourth agent. round like Pierce yeah. or a free agent, right? On a one-year, yeah. $2 million deal, something like that. It's not hard to find a running back. 
I will also say that in the exit interview with Dalvin, I'm led to believe that they told him, hey, like this wasn't necessarily our plan to pass the ball as much as we did. That there were some lost opportunities to get you the ball. Right? So what does that mean? But then, Judd, I look back to last February, the Combine 2022 in Indianapolis. New guy, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, telling some people there in Indianapolis that he thought they would run the ball a decent amount. Not quite like they did when he was with the Browns. You think about Hunt, Chubb, not quite to that extent, but you know, Quasi was telling people last late February into early March at the Combine, hey, like we plan on running the ball a decent amount. And look how it played out four or five months later. So to me, you know, there's a good amount of chatter right now in February. But does it really come to fruition a lot of this stuff come September, October, and so on? What is the update as well, or if it's not an update, scuttlebutt on Thielen and his his potential future here? Because I, I think among the names that are top of mind right now is potential, if not cap casualties, than just not being packed. Uh, Cook is the top of my list probably. Kendricks is on that list. But the Thielen thing, which, by the way, would come at a price, um, also, to me, carries great intrigue because I'm not sure that there's a lot left in, in the tank there. I'm sure he would differ with that opinion. But what's what have you heard when it comes to Adam Thielen? Well, yeah, I mean, he absolutely would debate you on that opinion. He would tell you that he played banged up a decent amount of the 2022 season, that he has at least another really good year in him, if not multiple more years. I just don't think his wife's Instagram post was random, right? That wasn't just out of the clear blue. Sure. Right? So, like, can I see him not being here in 2023? Yeah, I can. Some people close to him, can they see him not being here in 2023? Which I would say those opinions matter more than mine right now. Yeah, they can, Judd. I think we know that Adam isn't going to be back at that number. You have the over the cap information in front of you, right? Because you just laid out it's the Dalvin number. information. So yeah. you can spit out what is it? The cap hit of what? Nineteen and a half million dollars, give or take a couple hundred thousand dollars. It is an absurdly high number. Yeah. We know that Adam Thielen can't be back at that number. Right. So if he's back, he's taking a pay cut. And he might just say at that point, you know what? The grass is greener somewhere else. I am ready to move on. So I guess I would not be overly surprised if he does ultimately move on, Judd. Yeah, the, the problem is this. Uh, so his cap hit for 2023, Dukes, is $19.968 million. The issue is cut pre-June 1, you save 6.4 mil, but you take a cap hit of 13.6. Which doesn't make sense. Right, so you almost need him just to take – a pay cut like Greenway did back in the day. But to your point, professional pride might preclude that. So this is more of a conundrum, I think, than Dalvin. Because if you choose to jettison Dalvin, it's, you know, it's not clean, but it's not that that hard. Thielen, there would be a price to pay. But I just, again, to what you said, don't know that you can bring him back. Or I don't think that you can at 19 plus. Uh, because here's the problem. He can debate that he's going to come back and have a great year. But the but the mileage on on those tires is enormous by now, and the team could say, "Okay, dude, that's great, and you might be healthy for the first three games." But at some point in time, you know, there's enough wrong now where 
you're going to have a hiccup, and now you've turned into a guy that can still catch the ball, but you can't run. Like, I could see this debate going both ways, which makes it a more difficult situation for not just him, but also the Vikings. Well, and I mean, you know, I would say, like, when comparing the Cook situation to Thielen, I would say the Vikings feel a bit more confident about K.J. Osborne. They really like Jalen Naylor. That there are some potential replacements right there in-house, right? And you can always maybe find a guy middle of the draft or, you know, low-hanging fruit free agency, not first wave of free agency. There are a decent amount of receivers that will be available. Now you're not getting those top five, top six type guys, right? So, you know, that's why I just think that something could play itself out there where, you know, bottom line, he's not back in 2023. All right, NBA trade deadline comes up. I believe it's 2 p.m. Central on Thursday. Any uh, scoops and or uh, scuttlebutt about what the Timberwolves might do, if anything, before that deadline? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, generally speaking, I had somebody, not a Wolves executive, but a league executive, suggest to me this morning, I will read it verbatim. How about that? Just so I don't F it up. Let me find it here. Don't F it up. I think they are determined to do something. Those were the words of a non-Wolves league executive. They are determined to do something. The calls are being made. The calls are being received. Do I get the sense here on Tuesday afternoon with about 50 hours to go until the deadline that anything is on the cusp of happening? No, but they've checked in on so many guys, Judd. Terry Rozier of Charlotte. We know about Bones Highland with Denver. Bones didn't play on Sunday. I know. I went to scout him for you. I know. Why didn't Bones play? That was weird, right? I mean, that was the recipe for Denver resting, guys. But the fact that he made the trip, right? I mean, it just, it reeks of, like, we don't want him to turn his ankle. Something could happen here leading into Thursday. Let's just hold him back back right so like i think all signs point to bones highland going somewhere in the next two days could it be here well i mean we know tim Connolly is a fan you know but there's going to be other teams that are interested in bones highland but have the wolves checked in my understanding is 100 jake fisher of yahoo volunteered some information late this morning that the wolves have checked in on fred van vliet of toronto now in all likelihood he will exercise a player option hit unrestricted free agency later this year. So if you're the Wolves, like, I guess you look at it and say, okay, he's an upgrade from D'Angelo Russell, but like Toronto's not doing Van Vliet for Russell straight up. So like, would it make sense for the Wolves to sweeten that offer? Not sure, right? Because when you look at the luxury tax ramifications moving forward, is there a logical path to re-signing Van Vliet? Not necessarily now. If you're willing to go into the tax or you've got some other move lined up, like, you know, trading cat somewhere down the road, okay, you know, we can have that conversation. So, you know, depending on what does take place, that could feed into what will eventually take place in the off season when bigger type moves traditionally happen. But I can just tell you, like, they've been receiving calls and been making a lot of calls. Like, I heard one that hasn't been out there that Doc Rivers has some interest in in coaching his son again, Austin Rivers, right? And there has been dialogue with Philly. Like, Philly checked in on Nas Reed, 
But I was told that the Wolves told Philly, now this was late last week, but that they told Philly, we're not moving Nas. Right? And I've been saying for how long, Judd, that on February 10th, which is the day after the deadline, that I see D'Angelo Russell here. I've been saying that, what, since about early to mid-December? Yeah. But, like, his name has been floated out there, you know, with Phoenix, with the Clippers. You know, I mentioned weeks ago about Miami inquiring, you know, some chatter about Kyle Lowry, that the Wolves wouldn't do that. They wouldn't trade Russell for Lowry, but but there was some Miami interest, right? So, like, we know that there's definite interest in Russell. We also know that if an extension was to happen, it would have already happened. Not that it couldn't happen down the road, but like talks would have to shift pretty significantly for us to get to that point of the Wolves extending Russell for the money he is seeking. So it's not like he's off the table. Like we know Anthony Edwards, right, is off the table. Right. It's not like D'Angelo Russell is off the table. I trade him. Right? So, you know, I'd talks continue. Consider- now, like if I had to wager, like if they do ultimately do something, the guy I may wager on moving before anybody else would probably be Jalen Noel, that he's an unrestricted free agent. He's going to hit the market. He's not signing any sort of extension. In fact, you know, talks have pretty much died. You know, there were there were some numbers bandied about, you know, parameters of a contract discussed an extension before the season, like going back to the summer. But, like, nothing has taken place in that regard for months. I think the Wolves sense that, Jalen Noel is going to hit unrestricted free agency. He's a roller coaster ride too, dude. He is a roller coaster ride. I would still bet on him long term, Judd. Maybe that's my bias speaking. I get it though. Like this year, like I don't think the shot is going to be fixed this year. Yeah. I think there are so many mental games going on with him that he is mind bleeped so mm. much to the point that like the three point shot right now is what, 27%? Yeah. I don't think all of a sudden for the rest of the year he's going to be shooting 38 to 40%. Like, I just think the three-point shot is going to need to be fixed in a new environment with a new team next year. But I would still bet on, you know, his playmaking ability. I'm still a huge Jalen Noel fan, but I'm just – I'm acknowledging it's been a down year. You know, when Beasley goes, he was expected to take on this bigger role, maybe even push for sixth man of the year. It just unfortunately hasn't happened this year. What can I get you? Well, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, he's not making much money. So, I mean – you do some sort of two for one where you tack him on with somebody else. You know, they've gotten a lot of calls on Torian Prince. But like to me, Judd, Torian, now I still don't understand last summer why he didn't reach unrestricted free agency. He resigned with the Wolves a few days before free agency began. And to me, he could have gotten more money on the open market. I know he likes it here, but like he could have he could have made more money. But like that contract is pretty team friendly for next year. So, like, why would you move Torian Prince when it's a really nice contract for next year and he helps you right now? I wouldn't move him. I can make a case, Judd. You know, going back to January 1st, they have, what, the second-best record in the Western Conference behind Denver? Cat is going to be back maybe even this calendar month, not pre-All-Star break, but possibly soon after the All-Star break. That Now with Jordan McLaughlin back, as I hinted a couple weeks ago that he was about two weeks out, well, guess what? Jordan McLaughlin is now back, still on a minutes restriction, but he is now back. That Just roll with what you have. Like, look at the landscape of the Western Conference. Who really scares you? Even if you are the sixth seed. Nobody. Like, do you look at Memphis and say, oh, no, no not that Wolves again? Wolves match up well against no. Memphis right now. 
Sure. I would say if you play Memphis in the first round, great. Bring on the Grizzlies. Denver at full strength might be tough. Maybe. Sure. Maybe with Denver having home court. I get it to some extent, but do they really scare you? Like, I would argue the two teams no, that would scare, scare me the most, the L.A. Clippers, when fully healthy, yeah, and fully healthy, the Golden State Warriors. But Curry is now hurt again. Right. We think he'll be back in a couple weeks, but, you know, he's a ticking time bomb with these injuries, right? I mean, these injuries for Curry are starting to stack up, mm-hmm. right? But if the Warriors are fully healthy, I would say that's not necessarily a favorable matchup for the Wolves. But still, you look at the Western Conference, Nobody, and if you want to argue now, Dallas, if you think Kyrie is going to work with Luka, they'll be here, what, early next week? Are they in town on Monday, I think? So we'll get to see that experiment. Defensive, in a few defensively, days. how's it going to work? I have no Agreed. idea. You give up Dorian Finney-Smith, your best wing defender. Yeah. I agree, right? There are question marks there. Now, Sean Sweeney is my guy, St. Paul native. Squares He's the storm. defensive coordinator for the Mavericks. So I have faith that he'll just he'll figure it out. Sean Sweeney needs to be a head coach in the next year or two. Young 40, so. I have no doubt that at some point my guy Sean is going to be a head coach in the league, but it should happen sooner rather than later. But, yeah, you look at their roster and you're like, okay, where is the defense coming from? So I'm just saying if you're the Wolves, you could just stand pat and just say, you know what, let's play this thing out. Let's get Cat back. Let's take our chances because nobody scares us in the Western Conference. Why would Nas want to stay here? Like, I, I get he likes it, but why would he want to, if, if you know, assuming Cat's back, Gobert's back, if I'm not, don't, don't you, you want to go cash in? It seems to me like like you could start easily and cash in. I really like him, and it's a luxury to have him here, but I, I guess, you know, Dubes, you bring a prince in the same thought process. I don't understand why Nas wouldn't look elsewhere to actually get the playing time that he probably ultimately desires. Yeah, I mean, I love the guy. I mean, think about last Wednesday, the game against those Warriors. Fantastic. How good he was. I mean, they don't win that game without him. Yep. One of those really good moves by Gerson Rosas, right? I mean, you know, one or two probably are, what, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, but, you know, convincing Nas Reed to sign with them over a handful of other offers immediately after the draft, an undrafted free agent signing. Yep with one of those great contracts, right? That four-year contract where the last three years are non-guaranteed, right? Like, what a genius move by Rosas, by Gupta, you know, going back a few years. But yeah, if you're Nas, I mean, you'd stay here, Judd, because they would pay you what you're looking for in that 9 to $11 million a year range, right? But if you're the Wolves, can you afford to pay him that sort of money, four years, let's say four years, 40 million. Yeah. Are you really in a position? I need to do this because I, I reference in a bunch in our chats, Judd. I need to really do a hardcore look at the numbers or maybe a Bobby Marks or somebody I trust more so than myself. Oh, you're going to outsource do it a, to Marks. I'm yeah, sure he's got all the time in the world for you. Don't do worry about that. Crunch. Yeah, I actually texted with him the other day. I told him we'll catch up after the trade deadline, not before. Like he thought I wanted to catch up here this week. I'm like, no, Bobby, I get it. You're really, really busy this week. We'll catch up Where's in Wendy? the coming weeks. Get Where's Wendy who? on again. Wendy. Well, he's also been, yeah. Yeah, we've been texting. We text and talk more than people realize, right? <laughs> but he's he's pretty busy, too. So I'll catch up with Wendy on the podcast at some point in the next you know month or so. But, like, I want to do a hardcore breakdown yeah. of, you know, let's play this thing out. We know Ant is getting the max extension. You know, Jada McDaniels, like, 
Miles Bridges in Phoenix got what four years, eighty million. If I'm Jaden McDaniels, I'm aiming for minimum that, but more than that. Now I get it; he's not a max player, but like he's going to get a lot of money. Like I would push for like closer to four years, one hundred million, right? Like over four eighty. So you start doing the math on some of these contracts and where they may be luxury tax wise. With, oh, by the way, the questions remaining about Lori and A-Rod, that somehow is now on the news again because Shooter and the Pioneer Press had a note. We've talked about this going back to December 29th. Right. When Glenn Taylor told me, I think he told a couple other people, that, yep. hey, guess what? The deadline has been pushed back to March 28th. That's not new, right. It's not new. And I get it. Shooter works part-time. You know, there's some cachet there. Love the you know, Shooter. Some people may have. Not seen it, I get it. That week between Christmas and New Year's is weird, right? Like you put stuff out that week and it, you know, it just it gets lost in the stratosphere. So I understand if some people didn't grasp onto that news in late December, but we've known that since late December. But you know, Shooter puts it out there on Sunday in his column, and all of a sudden people think it's like new news. No, no, that news is is five weeks old. You know, and I've mentioned how, you know, this guy, George Hicks, former Cargill executive, is an investor joining the rodriguez Lori group. They've got two other investors as well. I'm told I don't have those names yet. But even so, there are still questions. Even with them bringing on these three investors, there are still questions, right? Because you know why there are questions, Judd? Because why, in the first place, do you need to bring on these investors? Sure. Right? So there are still or questions back about payment. those guys. So. I'm just saying, when you start looking at the cap with Ant's extension, with Cat's max, you know, super max extension in a couple years, what Rudy's making, like you start looking at the the cap three years out, like could you really give Nas Reed four years, forty million, right? Like I just I need to do the math on what the luxury tax situation would look like, and I just have a hard time believing that Lori and Rodriguez are going to be in a position to be paying the luxury tax. Right, just so many questions right now about those two. How the heck are they going to be like Balmer with the Clippers and have that sort of money? I just don't see it. They have money, but they don't have stupid money like the new guy in Phoenix. That's what I was going to say. The, guy the Suns the guy. The Suns guy is just buying the team outright, no payment plan. Right. So Correct. yeah, that's and that thing, thing happens snap of the fingers. You think about this process. Yeah. You know how it's played out. You look at the Suns. It was snap of the fingers. That guy, by the way, had some interest at one point in the Wolves. And he's got stupid money. You know, he's a Michigan State guy, played for Tom Izzo with the Spartans way back when. But, yeah, like if you're a Suns fan, you should be very, very pumped up right now. Final scoopage. What else you got for us? Well, Gophers basketball. So here's the situation. Two starters tested positive for COVID. I don't need to name the names. It's not important to name the names. But the situation is it's two starters no one might that know tested positive. <laughs> At this point. Yeah. Larry, Moe, and Curly are all positive for COVID. They ain't playing. Yeah. So two starters. Dawson isn't quite there yet with the bone bruise. Dawson Garcia. So they only had eight scholarship players available for the debacle on Saturday against Maryland. Yeah. Well, then you take out two starters. You're down to six available scholarship players to play a Big Ten game. You need seven scholarship players available. So this Illinois game that was scheduled for tonight, is now rescheduled for February 20th. Just an unfortunate situation. How about the St. Thomas men's basketball team? Score North, your home for St. Thomas men's hoops. Two nice road wins. 
Thursday and Saturday. How about this Thursday night? Oral Roberts in St. Paul, undefeated in the Summit League. Are you going? I am not going Thursday. I'm going Saturday. Nice. I'll be Take there Saturday boys. against Kansas City. Drugi's got a big basketball scrimmage on Thursday. I'd rather go to that. But yeah, I mean, it was on my radar. But, you know, kids come first. But I am going on Saturday. They play Kansas City on Saturday. Droogie's games are at 9 and 11 a.m., so we have Saturday night free. So I will be there on Saturday night. That's the plan, yeah. I mean, I've been to a couple practices, but this will be my first time watching them in game action. I am super pumped. I'm not joking, Judd. If they played tomorrow, and let's just say Garcia was available, Gophers against St. Thomas, it would be close, but, like, I would put my money on St. Like, I don't know how I bet on the Gophers in that no, situation. No, you wouldn't, Dukes. You know, this Andrew well, Rowe, this freshman for, for Johnny Tower, is absolutely good enough to play high major. They have other guys that can play high major. Mm-hmm. right? We talk about St. Thomas being mid-major, fine, but they have multiple players that are high major type players, and guess what? The Gophers have some players that are truly mid-major players, yep. not high major players, not all of them. We know Battle and Garcia, you know, those guys are for sure you know, high major players. Ola Joseph has gotten really good. Like I would have told you a year ago, I wasn't quite sure he was high major, but and maybe eventually he would be, but like Ola Joseph has been really, really good. I mean, if you're looking for a bright spot with the Gophers, it's the former Osseo high school kid, Joshua Ola Joseph. Like that's the one big positive. And you see it with Pharrell Payne from Park Cottage Grove. Like that kid's got a chance to make a good amount of money playing. Like that body, you know, he's going to develop. He's still a couple years away. You know, he'll be much better next year. But I'm thinking, like, as a junior, he's going to be one of the better players in the Big Ten. So you see the potential. But I'm saying right now, if I had to bet St. Thomas versus the Gophers, I'd have to put my money on St. Thomas. Outstanding stuff, Dukes. We'll talk to you Thursday, okay? Okay. Take it easy, gentlemen. Bye-bye.